Welcome back to the Gathering Place of All Nations weekly podcast. This Tuesday night, Jonathan Edwards shows a message about breakthrough. I pray that this message blesses you and your ears are open to hear what God has to say. I'm going to sing a little song. Is that all right? I don't know if you know it, but we used to sing this years ago. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. One more time. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in this place tonight. We thank you for the expectation of faith. We thank you for the expectation of your word. We believe that you are a God not only of word but also of demonstration. And we thank you, Lord, that you've got a word to speak into our hearts tonight. Maybe many words in different ways. But I thank you, Lord, for, for the freedom here. I've, I thank you, Lord, that we're in a free place where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Lord, I kind of sense, and we know this, but sometimes, Lord, our faith gets into gear to know that you can do whatever you want to do in this place tonight. Sometimes we know that in our mind, but tonight, Lord, I know it in my spirit. I know it in my spirit, and Lord, we press in, in the name of Jesus, to see you move beyond we, what we could ask, think, or imagine for your glory. Amen and amen. If you've got your Bibles, and I've changed my message about three times. <laughs> I didn't know if I was just going to keep on prophesying. In fact, I might just stop half the way through today and just start carrying on. I don't know. But we've got to have the word. Amen? If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. <laughs> I was saying to the Lord... I was saying, God, I just need a bit of confirmation because there's a few different ways that I can just go tonight. And then John just mentioned a word that kind of confirmed in the direction that I should go. So 2 Samuel chapter 5, and we will read from verse 12. 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse 12. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Verse 17. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they all went up to find him 
But he heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rechem. David inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Aren't you glad that God speaks? Aren't you glad you're in a church that believe that God speaks? <laughs> and the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will surely deliver them into your hand. And David came to Baal-perezin, and he smote them there and said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me, like the bursting out of great waters. So he called the name of that place baal Perezin, which means the Lord who burst through, or a, the, another translation puts it like this, the Lord of the breakthrough. There the Philistines left their images and David and his men took them away. You know, what we find in this story is a great victory for David. But not only do we see a great victory for David, but we also find a name that God reveals himself as. That name was as true for David thousands of years ago as it is for us today. And that name is the Lord of the breakthrough. Or the Lord of breaking through. That was his covenant name to his people here. And that's his covenant name to you tonight. His name represents what he does. He is Jehovah Breakthrough. He calls himself Breakthrough. And you know, it's really interesting here that the Hebrew word is not Breakthrough, singular. The Hebrew word is Breakthroughs, plural. And it shows me and it shows you and it shows us two times in this chapter that just like God brought victory for David, he'll bring victory for you again and again and again. I'm here to remind you that our God is a breakthrough God. He's a God who parts Red Seas. He's a God who demolishes walls of Jericho. He's a God who raises the dead. He's a God who gives sight to the blind. He's a God who can take a few loaves and a few fishes and feed over 5,000 with plenty over. That's the kind of God that he was then. That's the kind of God that he is now. He is a God of the breakthrough. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life tonight. Doesn't matter if you feel like you've gone through a season of, of failure. With God and with his grace, failure is never final. Can I get an amen on that? When you feel you're finished, God says, I'm ready to write a new chapter in your life. God's grace is more than enough for you today. He can do more than you can ask, think, or imagine because this is the time, this is the season, this is the moment for breakthrough. This is the season to cross over into everything that God has promised you in Christ Jesus. God the Father is your breakthrough. God the Son is your breakthrough. God the Holy Ghost is your breakthrough. Jesus, my Jesus and yours is our breakthrough. Jesus, he says, I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. 
problem is many Christians see a yesterday Jesus, they see a tomorrow Jesus, but he's a today Jesus. Today, if you're sick in your body, he's more than able to heal you. Today, if you've lost your job or if things are tough in the business, God is able to restore everything that's been lost. He's still the God who can open the windows of heaven and pour out provision and blessing until there is no more need. Maybe you've gone through a major setback. Maybe there's somebody watching right now and you're in a bit of a crisis. I want you to know that God wants to show himself strong in your life. He wants to show you that he can break through and work all things together for your good. The same God who brought breakthrough for David is the same God who is able to bring breakthrough for your life tonight. I don't know about you, but I believe that we've crossed over. I'm telling you, we have crossed over. I'm in a new season. You're in a new season. We need to wake up and see what God is doing. This is a season of, of, of habitation. This is a season of, of, of breakthrough. This is a season where God is bringing revest, uh, restoration. You might have gone through some devastation, but this is a season when God is able to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. I'd like to give you some thoughts about breakthrough tonight. Which will help you release your expectancy and faith in God. We're going to pray for you tonight, but also we're going to pray over prayer cloths. And we're going to believe there is the anointing of God goes into those prayer cloths. As those prayer cloths go out, there's going to be breakthrough of healings, breakthrough of signs, breakthrough of wonders, breakthrough of deliverance, breakthrough of salvation. We're going to release those cloths tonight and God's going to do something. Hallelujah. As those cloths go through, they're going to carry the presence and the power of God into places that we can't go. But God will go with his power and with his glory. Breakthrough. He's a God of breakthrough. Amen? Amen. Let me give you some, some, some thoughts of, about breakthrough and what brought breakthrough for David in this chapter. Firstly, you and I are in a battle. There's a lot of Christians that don't like the battle. You were born again into a battle. When you were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, there was a clash of kingdoms. It goes on all the time. You can't ex escape the battle. Battles and blessings go side by side. Everybody wants the blessing, but they don't want the battle. Listen, the battle is the Lord, but we've still got to fight the good fight of faith. And it is a good fight because Jesus has won. And if Jesus has won, we win. Aren't you glad you're not on the losing side? Aren't you glad that Jesus has given you the victory? Sometimes circumstances don't look like that. Sometimes the enemy comes in like a flood and we're thinking, where are you, God? But he is there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And even on your worst day, you win. <laughs> because if God is for you, who can be against you? 
You and I are in a battle. We have an enemy. But praise God we can overcome. Why can we overcome? Because we're overcomers. We can overcome and see the victory. Verse 17 of this chapter. 2 Samuel 5 verse 17 says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they all went up to find him, but he heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Just like David had an enemy, we have an enemy. Just like David was in a battle, we are in a battle. You might not like the battle, but the battle is of the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but he doesn't end there. He says, take courage. I have overcome the world, but our battle is real. Paul said this in Ephesians 6 verse 12. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is our enemy, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. It's not flesh and blood. Stop looking at your employer. Stop looking at that person who seems a bit of a pain in the neck. Stop looking at those people that seem to be troubling you. Don't look at the fruit. Go to the root. The root of the problem are powers, principalities, darkness, wickedness in the heavenly places. You see, the devil knows you're a child of God. That you're saved, that you're a new creation. He knows that the Spirit of God is upon you. He hates the anointing. Why? Because he lost it. He was the anointed cherub. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. That anointing left him. There is no anointing on the enemy. The anointing of the Spirit of God today is on the church of Jesus Christ. And he hates that fact. He hates the fact that you're going to be with the Father for eternity. He hates the fact that he is is judged and he's going to the lake of fire. And if he reminds you of of your past, remind him of his future. Stand on the word and be like Jesus who said, It is written, it is written, it is written. Resist the devil and he must flee. Fight the good fight. Our faith. And you know, just like the Philistines attacked David and tried to rob David, so an enemy tries to steal from Christians all the time. Second Samuel 5 verse 18 says that the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rechem. Do you know the word Rechem means giants? Isn't that interesting? That there were giants in the valley. Do you know there's always giants in the valley? Do you know that? I know that. You never face the giants when you're having your mountaintop experience with God. Have you noticed that? 
The enemy plays the same cards again and again and again. When you're on the clouds of glory and when you're worshipping the Lord and life is going good, there ain't no giants. But when you're going through that valley, when you're going through that valley of Rechem, those giants will appear. But I've got good news for you tonight. I'm going to say that again. I've got good news for you tonight because the God of the mountain is the same as the God of the valley. And David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God didn't keep in that valley. He was only walking through. You might be going through the valley tonight. There might be giants all around you, but you're only going through. God ain't putting the pause button on your life and keeping you in that valley. He's taking you through to the other side. Your God is with you. Your God is for you. You might be seeing a giant. But be like David. Don't see the giant that stands before you. See the giant that's greater than the giant. See your God, hallelujah. David didn't look at Goliath and see Goliath as a, as a giant. He didn't see how big uh, uh, Goliath was. He saw how big his God was. He wasn't moved by that uncircumcised Philistine. He took one stone in that sling and he threw it, hallelujah, and that giant came tumbling down. It doesn't matter how big your giant is. It matters how big your God is, hallelujah. It's a strategy of the enemy to make himself look bigger than what he is. He makes himself out to look like a giant. He's the accuser of the brethren. All he can do is steal and kill and destroy and lie and cheat and accuse. Jesus has all power. Jesus has all authority. And there might be a, a giant standing before you, but there's a giant living within you. That giant is God. That's why 1 John 4 verse 4 says, Greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. You're more than a conqueror. You might not feel like one tonight, but the Bible says that you're more than a conqueror. You can conquer. You can overcome. You can rule and reign in Christ. But you're going to have to deal with that devil. You're going to have to deal with that enemy. You're going to have to stand up on the inside and say, enough is enough. Devil, I'm standing against you. I'm not going to allow life to put a muzzle on my mouth. I'm taking that muzzle out off. I'm going to rise up and allow the word of God to come out of my mouth. You're not taking my family. You're not taking my health. You're not taking my wealth. I'm going to do what's right before God. I'm going to do what's right in the church. I'm standing up. I'm speaking the word of God and there's life and death in the power of the tongue I'm going to speak life I'm going to speak those words of God and you have to go in Jesus name I'm standing up now I'm taking my place as a man a woman of God I'm taking my place and you ain't pushing me around anymore I remember many years ago when I was in secondary school the first day I started in secondary school which was, I think, age 11. That's a long, long time ago. 
But I sat down at my desk first day in secondary school and this, this lad turned around to me and he said, Edwards, I don't like you. What is there not to like about me? <laughs> he said, Edwards, I don't like you. And you ain't going to enjoy your life while I'm in your class. Big talk. Have you noticed the bullies have the biggest mouths? Sounds like a devil as well, doesn't it? The devil's like that. Yap, 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 yap. And you know, for about the first six months in secondary school, he, he'd go past me, he'd push me around. He'd take my lunch. I'd be trying to get around there. I mean, I, I was really small back then, you know. I, was, I, I just grew really quick, but he'd push me around. And if I had my books in my hand, he'd get hold of those books and he'd just throw them over with his friends and they'd all be laughing at me. And I remember one day I was going to get my bike. And as I went to get my bike, I, I'd got it and I was just about to ride off. And he came up with his three friends. And he said, where do you think you're going? I said, I'm going home. He said, no, you're not. He said, give me your bike. I said, why do you want my bike? So his two friends got me. He got my bike and he just threw it. And you know, something snapped on the inside of me. And I went up to him and I just shouted in his face. I was like that. I said, don't you ever, ever do that. To and there was authority in my voice. I said, don't you dare ever do that to me again. Because if you do that to me, I'll have to put on you the fivefold ministry. <laughs> but I told him straight, I use power, I use authority. And I'm telling you something, he just trembled and he walked away. He, he just said, well, okay. He just whimpered. You see, he was all bark but no bite. You see, they never hit me, but they kind of taunt me and they throw things around. But when I stood up to him, can you hear me now? As I stood up to him and said, enough is enough. This has gone on for six months. You ain't going to push me around anymore. I'm not going to allow you to do that or I'm going to give you some of my business. Amen? Amen. And he just walked off and he never touched me again. And for some of you in the room right now and some of you watching live right now, you need to stand up on the inside and say enough is enough. I'm not going to allow that devil. I'm not going to allow circumstances. I'm not going to allow, allow life to rule me. I'm going to rule my life. I'm going to take authority. I'm going to control my destiny in God. And I'm saying to you devils and powers, enough is enough. In Jesus' name. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you're facing tonight. The God of the breakthrough, the breaker's anointing is in this place. Doesn't matter how difficult life is. God is bigger. God is standing up on the inside. Hallelujah. He's bigger than anything that you're facing right now. David said this in Psalm 34 verse 3. He said, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Do you know what that word magnify means? Make God bigger. 
Oh, there's sickness in my body. Make God bigger. There's no money in the bank. Make God bigger. There's so many problems and cares in my life. Make God bigger. Magnify the Lord with me. Take your eyes off your problems. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith. Stop magnifying your problem. Stop magnifying your circumstances. Stop magnifying those issues with your kids. You know, when I pray for my kids and one of my kids aren't, aren't walking with God right now, I don't pray the problem. There are a lot of Christians come to me and they say, will you pray for my children? There's this problem, that problem, the other problem. Listen, I don't pray the problem. I pray the promise. If your husband isn't walking with God, pray the promise. If your wife isn't walking with God, pray the promise. Pray the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Those prophetic words that you've got written down, those words that God has put in your heart, pray those promises. Stop praying the problems. God doesn't want to hear the problems. He doesn't want to hear fear. He doesn't want to hear doubt. He wants to hear faith. He wants you to boldly come before the throne of grace with confidence and boldness to receive grace and mercy in your time of need. Pray that promise. Every time my son gets harder against walking with God, I pray that promise. He's called of God. He's called to be a prophet. I've called him Samuel because the hand of God is upon his life. He was called from, from when he was in the womb. The hand of God is upon him. Whatever he does in his life, I pray that promise. I pray those prophetic words over his life. And the word of God has to come to pass. What is true for me? Is true for you. Secondly, you and I are anointed to enforce Christ's victory. Second Samuel 5 verse 17 says that David was anointed king. David was not only a king having authority, but he was anointed by the Most High God with a supernatural ability. It is one thing to have the right to rule. It is another thing to be anointed by the Most High God. When you are anointed by the Most High God and you have rule and dominion, it gives you authorization to do on earth the works of heaven. Sets you apart from the crowd. It makes you God's servant. David was different to any other king on the nation, in the nations of the earth because he had God's rule and he had God's anointing. No other king had that. He was anointed by, the, by the, the, the Most High. And he was called to defeat the works of the enemy and those Philistines that stood against him. And you know, just like David was called to annihilate the enemy that he faced, we are called, anointed and commissioned to annihilate the works of the enemy that come against us. We are not slaves or prisoners. We are sons and daughters of the King. Like David, we have kingdom anointing, kingdom dominion over every enemy, over every spiritual Philistine that comes up against us. Because for this purpose was the Son of God manifest, but to destroy the works 
of the evil one and we are here as God's children to enforce Christ's victory. To declare through his anointing that what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And what we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Romans 5 verse 17 says, says, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they will reign in life. That's us. Through the one, Jesus Christ, we are anointed. We're not trained to get anointed. We are anointed by the Holy Spirit. We are victorious. We're not trying to get the victory. We stand in a position of victory. We have the Word of God. We have the Spirit of God. We are overcomers. If all authority has been given to Jesus, we spoke a bit about that last night. If all authority has been given to Jesus, all authority has been given to us as the church of Jesus Christ. We are the extension of Christ into our world. And just like David ruled and reigned over that Philistine that came against him and came to plunder that which belonged to him and belonged to the Lord, we can rule and reign over every demon, over every power, over every principality, over every sickness, over every accusing voice. We've got to tell it to shut up in the name of Jesus and rule and reign in Christ. Because we have dominion. We have authority. We stand in faith. Our prayers are positioned from victory. Wow, the Lord just said that to me. Our prayers that we pray, intercessors, your prayers that you pray are positioned from a place of victory. You start off with victory. Wow! You might have to do a little bit of wrestling. You might have to do some intercession. But you start Victoria from victory and you go to victory. Hallelujah. doesn't matter what's going on in people's lives. You have the victory because Christ has already finished and established it at the cross. The authority that he has, he has given to the church of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we are seated with him in heavenly places. Our battle, hallelujah, is from a position of the throne, which is the finished work of Christ. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are issues. Yes, there's conflict at times. There always will be in this world. The world is going to get darker. The glory is going to get brighter. <laughs> but I've read the end of the book. Sometimes it's good to go through Revelation and, and you see the, the unleashing of evil upon the earth. But then you get to Revelation 20 through to Revelation 22 and you recognize that we win. Jesus is coming again to deal with every demon, every power and every host of wickedness. We win. Even if you leave this body, we win. Even though you go through some, some tragic times in life and some things that you just can't explain, we win. When my dad went through so much in his health, you know, there were things that I couldn't answer. <laughs> there were things that I couldn't understand. He ministered to this nation for 25, 30 years. 
and he got hit in his health. And you know, even though there were things that I couldn't understand in the natural, it never caused me to doubt the word of God. That's why you can't put your faith on what you see. Can you hear me right now? There are some Christians that look at that. They look at healing or they look at deliverance or they look at prosperity or whatever area of doctrine it is, they look at an area and if they don't see a breakthrough, they give up. Listen, you can't go on what you see. You've got to go on what you believe. Hear me, beloved, particularly in these days. You've got to go by what you believe. You've got to hold on to this book. You've got to stand on this book. This book is like a rock. It's not like sinking sand. It's like a rock. When the storms come and you stand on this word, they will come, but you will still be standing because the word of the Lord endures forever. Can you hear me now? And even though my father went through so much, I never doubted that Jesus was a healer. I couldn't understand what went on, but I still believe that his name was Jehovah Rapha. And I know right now, That when he was absent from the body and present with the Lord, he was completely healed. Amen. And that makes me more spiritual aggressive. To see healing and deliverance and breakthrough in God's people. Because I hate what the enemy does in God's people, particularly in the area of deception, particularly in the area of the demonic, particularly in the area of of, of healing. We need to, hallelujah, enforce Christ's victory and see God's people whole from the inside out. Hallelujah. Thirdly, Breakthrough comes as you seek his face and hear his word. I know I'm talking to God seekers tonight. I'm kind of talking to the converted in this room who comes out on a Tuesday night, the hungry and the thirsty. Who come out on a Monday night, the hungry and the thirsty. So I know I'm speaking generally to those who are hungry and thirsty, but you might be watching right now. And you need to know that one of the keys to breakthrough is seeking God. Hearing his voice. Hearing his word. Says this in verse 18. The Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rechem. And what does David do? It says in verse 19. David inquired of the Lord. Please note that when David was faced with an enemy, he didn't panic. He didn't go for counseling. He didn't go to the world. He didn't go to the spirit of this age. Listen, Christians, if your first port of call is going for natural counsel and natural mindfulness and going to the techniques and the tricks and the measures that this world has offered you and you go into the spirit of the age instead of the spirit of God, you have missed it. It will lead to disaster. Get your advice from God. Get your word from heaven. Be around men and women of God that can lead you and prophesy and bring the word of the Lord to you. Don't go to the world. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. I'm saying that to somebody right now. David inquired of the Lord. 
He didn't panic. He didn't try and achieve victory in his own strength. No, he turned to God. And he said, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said, aren't you glad that God always gives us an answer? Sometimes it's not always the answer we want to hear. <laughs> In this case, it was. But he always gives an answer. And the Lord said, go up, for I will surely deliver them into your hand. I'm telling you, I've found for myself, and I'm sure everyone can testify in this room, the many times the start of our miracle starts when we seek God and seek his face, when you turn to God. And you know, in all the chaos, in all the confusion, in all the darkness that's in our world right now, in a world of chaos, I'm asking you not to fear. I'm asking you not to fret. I'm asking you not to get into anxiety. And I'm asking you not to go around the houses and get counsel from everybody. There are some Christians like that. They will go to everybody and try and get some counsel. Let me tell you what that does. It leaves you in confusion. They don't even know what they, what they believe. They don't even know what they think. They go on every TV channel. They ring up. They go to every meeting. They get in every prayer line. It leaves you in confusion. You've got to hear what God is saying to you. And he speaks. Jesus said this. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. If you want to hear his voice, if you want to hear his direction, if you want to get a, a, a word from heaven, you're going to have to seek his face. That means we've got to give priority to his presence. I know that God speaks in many different ways. I know for Pastor Victoria and Pastor John, God speaks to them in dreams. Detailed, horrific dreams. To me, he speaks through the still small voice. To others, it can be scripture. They can just open the scripture and the word of the Lord will just come straight to them. There are many varied ways that God will speak. The important thing for you and for me is this. He speaks. He speaks to encourage. He speaks to guide. He speaks in love, but also he speaks to warn. And you know, if we need to do anything at this time, we must heed his voice and we must hear his voice. And in all that's happening with so many voices in this world, we have to be in the secret place. We have to be in that place of constant fellowship with him to know what the Lord is saying for our lives, for our families, for our involvement in the church body. We've got to hear what God is saying and put it into action. So many in the world, and unfortunately, so many Christians live in this place of distortion. I, I've met so many Christians, and I, as you know, I travel a lot. And I meet believers that just haven't heard the word of God or heard the word of the Lord for, for a long time. 
And you know, God doesn't want us to live like that. I am so honored. I am so blessed to be in a church where the glory dwells and where there's an emphasis on the Holy Spirit and where there's an emphasis on prophetic ministry and where there's an emphasis on deliverance. You know, there are so many churches that don't even speak deliverance anymore, that believe in healing, but would never talk about casting out of devils. It's New Testament Christianity. We've got to get back to basics and foundations again. God doesn't want you to live in this place of distortion. He wants you to hear his voice. You know, when I was a kid, my mum and dad got their first TV. And you know, back then, I, I feel I'm speaking to a similar kind of age here. You know, some of the kids look like this. Huh? I, I've got my phone. I can just stream it, you know? <laughs> Not even remote controls. I mean, what's that all about? Somebody was telling me the other day, you know, you can get your phone and you can press that button and it goes on your TV. How in the world do you do that? But you know, when I was a lad, (laughs) we didn't have remote controls, did we? We used to have this tuner, even before we had buttons, that was our second TV. Our second TV was colour. We went up in the world. (laughs) And we used to get up and press the buttons, but our first TV wasn't like that. The first TV that we had had this tuner. And it was always my job. Why was it my job? It wasn't Lisa's job, it wasn't Dave's job, it was my job, it wasn't even mum's job. Dad would say, John, turn the, turn the channel over and I'd have to get up and t- tune that tuner. And you know, when you moved it off a clear channel, there was just a distortion. And you had to tune it really finely until you got to the right frequency and you got to the right channel. And when you got to the right channel, there was a clear picture and there was a clear sound. And you know, what is true in the natural is also true in the spiritual. God wants to tune your spirit into the channel that the Holy Spirit is on. He doesn't want you to live with a foggy vision. He doesn't want you to live with a distorted sound. He wants you to have a clear vision for your life. He wants you to hear the Word of God. He wants you to be focused. He wants His Word to come crystal clear into your life. Why? Because you're a spiritual being. God lives on the inside of you. God, the Holy Spirit, lives within you. And He can speak to you day after day day after day as you inquire to him the the picture can be clear the voice can be clear and God can lead you in his ways tune yourself into the frequency of the Holy Spirit it is vital Folks, things in the world aren't going to get better. And I, I'm not here to, give, to bring doom and gloom. I know that the end of the book, and I know that the church will get brighter and brighter, but in the world it's going to get darker and darker. And if there's any responsibility that we have, it's to tune ourselves in to the frequency of the Holy Spirit to hear guidance and leading in our lives so that we can hear crystal clear what God is saying to us and to our family, and to our business, and to our workplace. Because the Spirit of the Lord always speaks to His church. Finally, the God of the breakthrough 
ensures you and I recover all. God is a God of restoration. Things in the world might seem like devastation. You might have gone through seasons where you've lost everything. I'm telling you right now, we are in a season of recovery. We are in a season of restoration. 2 Samuel 5 verse 21 says, There the Philistines left their images, and David and his men, one version puts it like this, recovered all. You know, just like David collected the spoil from his victory. So God is going to ensure that you recover the spoil from your victory. We are in a season right now of recovery. We are in a season right now of restoration. Breakthrough always brings restoration. Maybe you need to stand up on the inside and say, Devil, I'm taking my stuff back in the name of Jesus. Deuteronomy 30 verse 3 in the message says this, God, your God will restore everything you've lost. I'm taking hold of that. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from where you were scattered. I like this in the message. It says this. He will give you a good life. You know, when you're serving the Lord, you can expect a good life. When you're seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, the Bible says everything else will follow you. And it's time to declare and it's time to decree and it's time to believe that this is time for a good life. This is time for recovery. This is time for restoration. This is time to plunder and to take back what the thief has stealed because if he's stolen, he's going to restore sevenfold. It's time for restoration. Just like God caused David to recover all. God wants you and I to recover Oh, you might have gone through some humiliation. God says it's time for restoration. You might feel life has has, has caused you and some of your family annihilation. God promises restoration. The God of restoration is in the house tonight. His word says that he will restore the years. There's only God who can restore years. He will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. And I believe right now that the God of breakthrough is in this house. I believe it's time to expect breakthrough. I believe it's time to take authority over the enemy. It's time to use the word of God that's in our hearts. It's time to release that anointing against anything that's out of line with the will of God in our lives because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. The same anointing, the same God that was with David is the same God that's with us right now. He is a God of breakthrough. He is a God of breaking through. He's the God who releases his breaker's anointing upon anything that's out of line with the will of God. So release your expectancy tonight. Release your faith tonight because God has one plan for your life. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. He's a God of restoration. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Praise God. Come on, just call out to God right now. 
praise you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence in this place. There's a few things I need to pray for tonight, but if you're saying, John, I really do need breakthrough in my life. I've gone through a season that's been hard. It's been tough. There's some things in my life that I've been waiting for breakthrough for for a long time. And I've stood. I haven't grown weary in doing good. I've kept on standing. But I know that season of breakthrough is here. I'm expecting it. I know something is shifted in the heavenly realm. I know something's going to break out in my life. I know that the God of breakthrough is here just like he was for David. Come forward right now. I want to lay hands on you in Jesus' name. I want to anoint you with oil right now in the name of Jesus. Let me pray for those online first of all. Father, I thank you right now for every man and woman of God that's watching online right now. I call that spirit of breakthrough. Right now in the name of Jesus into every man and woman that's watching live right now or might watch this on another day that it might be shared to them, I command breakthrough in their life, breakthrough in their finances, breakthrough in their family, breakthrough in their health, breakthrough in their wealth. I speak the God of breakthrough, the anointing of breakthrough over them right now. In Jesus' mighty name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We want you to experience all what God has for you. Make sure to visit us in person, and we'd love to meet you. Visit www.tgpoa.com for info on how to find us. We hope to see you here soon.